our wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. This week we're discussing, are all religions essentially the same? And today we're simply asking, does it really matter what I believe? Today our co-host is uh, Eric Hoare, and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome, Eric, once again. Thank you very much, Gary. It's nice to be opposite you again and see your smiling face. Uh, it is wonderful to be in here, particularly after the long weekend. Now, what did you do over the long weekend? Well, I had a, a really quiet time at home this weekend. Went to see some of the family. My son lives out at, at Two Wells while we were there. I don't know if the, uh, many of the listeners have been to Virginia Nursery, but I tell you... Oh, we, that's a real ripper. Oh, they love going there. They've got a lovely restaurant in their appeal. We don't know much about it. And we actually went there for a nice breakfast in the morning. They serve it till about 11.30. And so we had uh, a nice breakfast there and then wandered around the nursery and bought a few plants. But also we looked at the gift shops there. They have a, a wide range of things there. It's, it's a lovely place to go to, actually. They have a really fantastic uh, setup at that place. I know my wife loves going out there, um, obviously for uh, for the brunch or uh, uh, for a meal out there. But to, to spend a little bit of money, it's a, it's a lovely, particularly in spring. Out at uh, Virginia Nursery, a beautiful place here in. Uh, it's, a, it's actually quite a huge place. Um, oh, it's massive. It's a massive place. And undercover outside, you got the plants. We got some uh, some nectarine trees and peach trees. The little miniature ones. We've only got a little bit of land, so yeah, we put them in, and uh, they'll they'll add to my other two or three fruit trees. So uh, it was a productive weekend, actually. Oh, that's sounds incredibly <laughs> relaxing. What a way to go! Did you manage to do any reading? I did, I did, and I, I. If you remember the last time I was here, I was talking about scammers, how much was being scammed out of Australia. Well, it just had a little uh, highlight this morning in the advertiser talking about phone scams. The people aren't learning that it's actually getting worse. Wow. That, uh, according in one month, uh, this month it was um, headed uh, nine point three million dollars was scammed through phone calls, scam phone calls. Wow. A year ago, in the same month, a year ago, uh, it was four point one million. It's doubled this month. Wow! From, from last year, which is amazing. This is becoming a major industry, isn't it? Oh, it is. You know, and it said too that Telstra uh, revealed on Tuesday that it stopped more than thirteen million scams calls every month coming through from criminals pretending to be like the NBE and Australian Taxation Office, Netflix and Amazon. You know, they're, they're branching out into some of these major companies and ringing up people and fooling them into wow. contributing. Wow. So that's a lot. It's a know. huge message to us, isn't it? Because, you know, I'm so conscious that it's uh, uh, in many parts of our life, you know, just in the in regular daily living, we're being scammed. You know, it's not just in the religious world that you actually find incredible scams, but you just mm. day-to-day living, you're coming across it all the time. What else did you discover? Uh, the other thing I, I noticed too, which was interesting to me this morning, and uh, it's really sad really, that more than a 100 babies um, a year are being taken from South Australian parents before they're even a month old. 
So that's a wow. hundred a year just taken from their parents. And it says here that uh, parents need a lot more support, um, that these figures are actually increasing and, it, and it's really sad to see. Um, the other thing I noticed too was that cocaine is on the rise. It's a massive surge in cocaine being used. All these things are happening in the world. It's a mess out there. And uh, praise God we've got Christ in our lives because, you know, where would we all be? Exactly, exactly. You know, know, one of the things I I certainly had a chance to do some reading. I I love being able to do some reading. I'm going to be taking some long service leave very soon, and I'm really looking forward to being able to do some reading. But I had to have a a bit of a laugh when I came across this article. Um, A man was swallowed by a humpback whale, has a whale of a tail to tell. And uh, I loved uh, what what was in this article. Uh, Michael Packard, uh, 56, um, uh, was interviewed after he was released from the Cape Cod Hospital after uh, he was about uh, he was in about 45 feet uh, of water uh, off Provincetown when all of a sudden he says I felt a huge bump and everything went dark he thought he'd been attacked by a shark but then he realised he couldn't feel any teeth and it wasn't and he wasn't in pain Uh, it quickly dawned on him that he'd been swallowed by a whale uh, I could sense that I was moving. I could feel the whale squeezing with its muscles in its mouth, Packard told the, Cod, the Cape Cod Times. I was completely inside. It was completely black. I thought to myself, there's no way I'm getting out of here. I'm done. I'm dead. Uh, then the whale surfaced, took its head and spat him out. I saw light and started throwing his, he started throwing his head from side to side. The next thing I knew, I was outside in the water. Uh, he was rescued by crewmates in the surface boat. Eric, you know, when I read that, I sort of thought, hey, you know, Jonah, um, you know, in, in recent years, more and more people have started to, uh, you know, doubt portions of the Bible. And, uh, one of the portions which they've doubted is actually uh, the story of Jonah. And I, I sort of looked at this and I thought, well, maybe, there's actually some truth to it. Well, I wonder how many of his friends would believe him when he told them that story. Probably thought he'd been on the drink. Well, this is uh, <laughs> as they probably did for Jonah as well. As I look at right. this, I sort of turn around. I thought, "Hey, uh, we live in an uh, live in an amazing world. What experiences uh, some people actually go through?" Um, but look, let's come to our World Watch uh, segment uh, for today. Uh, this week, we're talking about the theme: Are all religions? essentially the same. And I just stumbled across today a article. Uh, it was talking about a survey that's only just been completed, and it was entitled, A majority of pastors say denominations are vital, but they worry about the future of uh, denominations. Now, as I particularly, as I started to read this article, there were a number of things that bounced out at me. This is, this is what the uh, article said. A majority of Protestant pastors whose churches belong to a denomination consider the denomination to be vital uh, to its, to their existence, yet believe the importance of denominations will diminish over the next decade, according to a new Lifeway research survey. Now, uh, this poll of a thousand and seven Protestant pastors was released this month and was, f- and found that more than three quarters, 78% of pastors who belong to a denomination say they personally consider it vital for me to be part of a 
denomination. This compares with the emergence of many new local and non-denominational networks and the presence of a large number of churches that do not belong to a denomination, a convention or a conference, uh, said Scott O'Connell, executive director with LifeWay Research. This begs the question, whether those within Protestant denominations, do they see any value in them? The pastors in the survey do see value in the denominations, although they're not confident about their future. A majority of pastors, 63%, say they agree with this statement that the importance of being identified with a denomination will diminish over the next 10 years. That pessimism is actually similar to what it was 10 years ago in 2010. Significantly, though, amongst pastors aged 18 to 44 in the new poll, only 54% agreed with the statement about the future of denominations. Many, including pastors who predicted the demise of Protestant denominations in the US, have not proven prophetic, McConnell said. Uh, The fact that younger pastors are less pessimistic could signal better days ahead for denominations or at least fewer memories of the worst days. Now, Eric, the thing that really jumps out at me in this particular article is is they're comparing uh, church denominations, of which, of course, we're part of of that particular structure, uh, with the increasing number of um, uh, local churches that are not affiliated with any particular denomination. We've all seen that uh, that particular rise. Now, of course, there's strengths and there's weaknesses there. Just tell us, you know, do you think there's any benefit to being linked to a denomination? Because I'm so conscious that there are so many people that actually dispute being linked to a denomination. What, what do you think? I think there is, Gary. I think that um, there is strength in being linked to a denomination through the fact that in unity there are more numbers and there's more of a structure underneath or so that can support as long as it's democratic, mm-hmm. as, long, as long as the people have a say. Uh, the reason I go to the church that I do, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, is that when I started going to it, I saw the structure of how they selected the local church, which was basically done by a committee formed by the people. And I found that to be really encouraging to me because I, I wasn't a Christian at that time. And I thought that, you know, it was just the, the pastor basically had all the say. Yeah, and I yeah. thought they, that's, and some, a lot of people I think do think that, that all the, the leader of the church, he's the one that rules it. And, um, and whatever he says goes. But I, I find that in denominations, the ones I've been in, that it's not that way, that uh, when when something sort of ironed out and, and there's more strength there, I think that's really important to have that strength of unity and to be more powerful in the fact you can be organised and structured, having a structure. Organised and structured for mission, in other words, for, for a purpose. You know, right. to, to me, the thing I really appreciate is that Christ, before he returned mm. uh, to heaven, you know, Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says, you know, go into all the world, preach, teach, baptizes. You've sort of got this commission that's been given to the church, haven't you? Yeah, and, and he set out, you know, there were deacons that were selected. There were people to look after the orphans so that others could go out and preach. Yeah. So there was a system that was actually a structure, if you like, there. That was set up by... In order you know, to be able church. to fulfill God's a very mission. definite mission. And to me, yeah. I think that's, that is so, so beautiful, uh, within a, uh, a larger, a larger system. Now, uh, 
I, I'm conscious also it, it does actually give the benefits of, um, you know, some of the, I suppose, the economies of scale. You know, I suppose myself, as I look at, you know, some of the things that a denomination can actually give, um, you've got the, you know, you've got things like, you know, the uh, schools and hospitals that many denominations are able to run that a denomination can run that a, a local church actually can't. And yet, Eric, the thing that, that concerns me, do you sense any problems with, you know, the, a big structural denominational type setup? Um, it, it all depends very much. If it's based on, on, uh, the teachings from the Bible, no, because, um, I think that, um, like our church has many schools around the world and many churches. Yeah. And, uh, I think through that structure, the pro- the thing is that with a, a church that's structured that way, it can reach out through many countries, whereas a, a little localised one that isn't got a structure like that, that is independent, can only work really in the areas that it is in. But by having these branches all round, as long as it's run by the people, not from the heads of the churches, so that yeah. there's accountability, if you like. Because we've seen what happens in America when some of the, I don't know if you've ever seen the programs on television, when you see these vast, vast audiences, Audiences and the wealth that's being created through mm. through that power. If you abuse the power, um, and, and that is one of the uh, particularly. I'm so conscious. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I, I've spoken particularly to a number of young people, and one of the biggest struggles that they've certainly got in the contemporary world with contemporary Christianity is the institutional uh, aspect of, of Christianity and the the power dynamics that seem to occur within an institutional environment. You know. How do we actually have, I suppose, the, the benefits of having a, uh, a church that has got a, a common mission able to impact the entire world with the, with the larger services that it's actually able to provide, but not fall into the trap of, uh, I suppose, becoming just a, uh, a dry institution? How do you do that? Yeah, I think the key is, is, um, and, you know, the numbers are dropping quite dramatically for, for local churches and, and yeah, uh, that's yeah. the statistics. I think the key is, is that the young people need to be valued more and used more within the system at a very much earlier age. In other words, accept them as they are, as they are growing in Christ and put them in places where they can, uh, contribute to the church and that they can, and they may, you know, uh, not have the same view as you and I, but they're structured in there so that they grow as they learn, and and uh, I believe so. That's they actually the take that part of that leadership type. Uh, yeah, type I've been rock. in some churches, quite honestly, Gary, over the years. That so it has to be done this way. It has to be done this way. No, that person's too young, or somebody hasn't been in the church that long. They've got to learn a bit more. Yet I, I disagree with that. I think people that come into the church and the young people are often on fire, and these are the ones that can teach us a lot. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I, I, I totally believe that bringing those people in earlier will will help the churches to grow. I like what more. you've actually said. You know, those people who are actually on fire because there is actually, you know, to me, I'm so conscious that it's as the Holy Spirit actually flows through people, if you like, they're on fire. That institutional uh, ism uh, doesn't actually grow uh, when a person is actually on fire. Mm. Uh, it's when the Holy Spirit is actually lacking that there is a dryness comes into an institutional movement. You know, it's to me, 
increasingly I'm really, really conscious of the need for, uh, for local churches, for church institutions, for church individuals, for church pastors to, to really, uh, come and spend significant time in prayer, uh, that the Holy Spirit will actually be poured out. Because, you know, to me, the thing that really jumps out at me is when the Holy Spirit is present, uh, the institution doesn't become a dry institution. It actually becomes a ministering body. And, you know, to me, that's the thing that I really want to see in every single church. I want organization. I want to be able uh, to move ahead. I want to be able to impact my world, the entire world, for Jesus Christ. And that requires uh, organization. But at the same time, uh, I want to have doing that through the Spirit's power in order that lives will actually be changed. And that's done through mercy and great the, f- the grace, the freedom for people to grow in the church. And you know, when you look at Jesus' life, you know, like when he was in the temple or in the courtyard, often he, he stopped and noticed the people that were struggling, you know. Yeah. And then he, yeah. he, he made it a delight for them. He healed them and they were so happy and joyous. We've had some people come to church uh, just lately for the Bible study and one lady read out of the Bible and she said, man, I'm actually reading from the Bible. You know, we take it for granted, you know. Uh, but when somebody's moving along that path, that's where we need to be. We should always remember where we, how we where we've come from and where yeah, we're going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Look, let's come in and enjoy some music. This is Gavin Chatillier. Uh, count count your blessings. I uh, love uh, what Gavin uh, does share in this song. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Blessings, see what God has done. When upon life's billows you are tempest tossed, when you feel discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy, you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly. We'll be singing as the days go by Count your blessings, name them one by one Count your many blessings, see what God has done When you look at others with their lands and gold Think that Christ has promised you a wealth untold your many blessings money cannot buy Your reward in heaven or your home on high Count your blessings, name them one by one Count your many blessings, see what God has done
Appreciate uh, Gavin's country sound. Uh, love that. Thank you so much for that, Gavin. Really appreciate your, your sharing. We do have a, a giveaway uh, for you today. A giveaway today is uh, the book uh, God's Truth uh, Can Change Your Life. And uh, this is a real beauty. This is uh, by uh, Dr. George Knight. And uh, it's, it talks about the search. Searching for life's meaning is, use of, is absolutely universal. Every culture in every era has searched for truth. Truth that answers life's big questions. Truth that provides significance for daily living. Truth that is certain and beyond doubt. But truth has come, hasn't it? What? On very hard times. Have you heard somebody say it? You have your truth, I have my truth. Really? People agree that it's not wise to step out of a 10-story window or eat certain types of mushrooms. In fact, science and technology are built upon the proposition that truth is out there awaiting to be discovered. God's truth sets forth the idea that truth, uh, not only in the material world, but also in the social and the spiritual realms, uh, is foundational to personal and social health, a health that will transform lives. Now, this book is entitled God's Truth Can Change Your Life by Dr. George Knight. You'll love uh, this particular book. Look, guys, if you'd like to have a copy of God's Truth Can Change Your Life, please just text uh, to us here at the studio. Our studio number is 0488 880811. That number again is 0488 880811. 811. Just send uh, the words God's Truth uh, with your name, your address, and your, your telephone number, and we'll forward this uh, this book to you. Uh, God's Truth can change your, your life. That number again, 0488 880811. You'll love uh, that uh, that particular book. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Eric Hoare, and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. This week we're discussing uh, the theme, are all religions essentially the same? And today we're simply asking, does it really matter what I believe? It's one of probably the most misquoted misnomers uh, in our world today. That phrase, it doesn't matter what you believe so long as you are sincere. You know, a couple of years back, uh, I noticed that uh, even Pope Francis, uh, uh, some would say he was misquoted, others say he wasn't misquoted. Uh, It's over for you to decide. Uh, But uh, I I read an article where um, he assured atheists you don't have to believe in God to go to heaven. Uh, now, that's what was quoted. Of course, uh, many said he was misquoted. Um, but I found that a remarkable, uh, a remarkable uh, statement. Um, but certainly the, it did get a debate really, really moving at that particular time. Now, Eric, it does come down to this one issue. Uh, does it really matter what we believe or is it just enough if we're sincere, because we've got so many really sincere people out here. Um, but does it matter? Well, it's a really interesting topic tonight, Pastor Gary. And um, Jesus said he was the truth, the way, and the life. Mm. So there is a truth out there. 
that is constant with what the Bible talks about. It's interesting in a world, when you look back at history, the number of Christians that have been fooled even to joining sex and have lost their life through suicide or coming by following somebody who claimed to be telling the truth. Yeah, no. Look, I actually remember that. Actually, there was a there was a big um, big issue over at Waco a number of years ago. I actually had some some friends at uh, uh, that had actually gone gone over there. Well, they were friends of a friend who uh, uh, who was actually over there, and that was uh, that was a frightening time um, because you know a person who um, was putting up a flag um, uh, and others gravitated to him. And, of course, at the end of the day, his truth wasn't truth. No, that's right. And they lost their lives and even children and, and women, you know, tragically killed. But there are warnings in the Bible about, um, about um, understanding clear truth. And um, the answer is, can a person be sincere in their beliefs yet be deceived and lost? The answer in the Bible is yes. We can actually be sincere in what we believe and yet still be lost. So what is that? Some people have said to me, you have your truth. Mm. And I have mine. You know, you've had that said when you yeah, when you've yeah, been going through yeah, the scriptures. Yeah. Very interesting. So these are the warnings to consider. And this is actually, Eric. You know, this mm. is actually something that is more and more uh, occurring in our world today. You know, I, I'm conscious that even you know at university level, you know, uh, in many under many disciplines, uh, people are presented with uh, different varieties of truth. You know, mm. there's person A's truth, there's person B's, uh, and which one is really truth? Well, that's for you to decide. There are many options that are actually provided within many disciplines today. And you, you sort of look at this and you say, hey, it's true. There may be many options within some disciplines. But, you know, when you come to the Word of God, um, I think we're looking at a totally different standard. That's right. And you've really got to start off with uh, stripping yourself away from traditional beliefs, things you've been brought up with, um, things that are traditionally believed. You've got to strip that bare. And there's two very good texts in the Bible that we need mm. to start off with. Um, and Proverbs 14.12 is, is a really good one. It says, There is a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And, you know, what seems right to us, well, mm. you know, the way, the path that we're actually following. And I've thought about that and, and studied that, and it seems to be referring to the blinding effects of, of our passion and our self-will. Uh, for these make a man think his own way best and the most desirable, but it seems better to take it as a warning against following a perverted or uninstructed conscience. Conscience needs to be informed by God's word and ruled by God's will to actually make a safe, basic judgment. So what it's saying here is now, you know, there is a way which seems right to us mm. outside of God. In other words, just as if we're building a house, the first thing we do is we actually lay down the foundations, don't we? Yes, we uh, you know, we dig the foundations, we pour concrete in it, we make sure that there's Rio steel in there, uh, we make sure that the plumbing's been put in. You know, there's all the stuff that you put in and you don't see any of it. It actually all goes below the ground. Mm-hmm. And yet what comes, what is below the ground is actually going to be the thing that's going to support uh, what is above the ground. And, and, you know, to me... What I hear you saying here is that what we've actually got is a God who's actually laid a foundation uh, that is incredibly powerful if, in fact, we are to have a solid house 
built on good rock. That's right. And, and God gave us the freedom of choice to make choices which way, what decisions we make and, and which we, way we go. But I, I like this thought here of, um, of having our conscience, uh, informed by God's word, ruled by God's will to make the right choices in life that are the best for us and build that foundation on that you're talking of. But what it's saying here is there are things that seem right in this world to people outside of what God is saying. It thinks right for them to do, but what it's actually do, it's leading them to death. They're following their thoughts, their way. They're not following what God's will is in their life, you know. And um, so... It's and often those judgments are warped by prejudice. Uh, they're weakened by disobedience. They've been walking the wrong way for a long time, and it's all lost all power of moral judgment. So, what have you got to make a judgment on if you're following a way that doesn't? God hasn't been able to come into your conscience, into your life, to change you. You know, this is one of the very beautiful things that I think you're saying here, Eric. Is that uh, to me, as I read the the Word of God, actually makes some incredible claims about itself. You know, it it talks about being inspired. Now, this uh, this thing called inspiration is actually so significant because you know if i sit down and i write a book um the information for the book comes out of my mind and yet the scriptures speak about uh, the information that is contained uh, or has been provided uh, through the prophets didn't actually come from the mind of the individual. This is what Peter uh, does actually share, but rather it's been inspired or God has told the prophet exactly what to write. You know, sometimes dreams, sometimes visions, indifferent. Sometimes it's the teachings of Christ directly. And the prophets have actually written down, the apostles have written down, down. And so what you've actually got here is an authoritative word that is far more powerful than just something that has been uh, written on the back of an envelope by someone who's got a bright idea. That's right. And Jesus, when he was on the earth and speaking to the disciples, often they didn't understand what he was saying. You know, he they were confused and didn't, uh, you know, they were um, sort of worried about the future and didn't understand what he was telling them. And, and the interesting thing to me, Pastor Gary, is that when we, when we put God in our life and we start to walk the, the other way, sometimes we don't know why Jesus has said this thing to do when I've been so used to doing it half my life. Yeah. You know, it, it's a moving away from what I want to do to listening to what God wants me to do and having the, the faith and trust in God that He knows better than my decisions. That this is what it says. Like, for instance, recently we showed a DVD in our church and it was just a bit on the COVID 19. And it was talking about how way back the MERS virus and Albona virus and these viruses, you know, often they've linked it all to the fruit bat. Uh, they linked it to uh, the pig as one of the uh, with a swine flu and everything, but also as a, a mixing bowl for some of these viruses and the camel. All these things the Bible tells us not to eat. Mm. It's unclean food. It's not fit for human consumption, you know. And the, the author said if people would stop 
doing, eating these things that have all these viruses in them, then mankind would be a lot better off. In other words, sometimes God has actually given us instructions. He says, don't do it. And people say, well, actually, you know, don't see why not. Uh, They do it anyway. They get the uh, results that actually come into their lives. You know, I I think even the common ones like that, you know, many people have been along to church. Remember the Ten Commandments, you know, and there's one there that, you know, Thou shalt not commit adultery. And of course, today, and that's probably one of the, there are so many uh, derivations of, of adultery out there. And yet, uh, people say, what, what's wrong with this? Yet, you know, in my time in ministry, when I look at the pain, the suffering, the heartache uh, that's actually occurred in family after family that I've ministered to because of this issue of adultery, and people say, well, what's wrong with it? Um, hey, uh, you know, please. Come and walk in my shoes for just uh, uh, just a few months, mm. and uh, you soon discover what's actually wrong with it. Maybe uh, there's more in the scriptures uh, than what uh, what many people realise. Well, the commandments and all of God's word is given for men's uh, benefit, for our for our health, our strength, but also that as we come to know Him, if you look at all those commandments, it's to do with our relationship with the Father, with God, and also with one another. And where we see the breakdown in the world, as you say. Those commandments are being lost. I love Proverbs fourteen fifteen, where it says the knave, and in some translations it says the simple believes everything, mm. but the sensible man uh, considers his step. So there's a lot of people who believe everything. They read something, they see something, something is preached from the pulpit. And I, I honestly believe, Gary, that um, Pastor Gary, that you're a pastor. But I'm afraid to say that if you said something, I and I, you know, and it seemed a bit peculiar to me from what I know from the Bible, I would go and check you out. And, then, no. and that's exactly what I believe pastors need to be encouraging uh, their uh, their folk to do because, you know, I mean, uh, continually in the scriptures, that's the example that comes up to us. You know, there's there's this beautiful uh, picture in the scriptures. So I want you to test. I want you to check. I want you to find out whether these things are actually true, whether they're actually so. And, uh, you know, to me, scripture actually uh, provides us with inspired knowledge but then says to us, please go and check it out. You know, it, the scripture doesn't expect us to actually leave our mind aside. And, and quite often too, Pastor Gary, to be quite honest, in a religious world, you know, we do sometimes place the pastors on a very high pedestal. Indeed, indeed. And when I was uh, studying off studying, I did. I, I, In fact, the person who was studying with me, I put him up on a very high pedestal, you know. Um, and then as you go through life and you, and you check things out, um, then you start to understand that what the Bible is saying too when you look at some of the warnings is that um, I can't save you, you can't save me. Um, salvation is to each and every one that we do not listen and hear what people are saying to us and accepting them but to actually check it out. To uh, It says here the credulous fool believes all he hears without proof or examination. Mm-hmm. And if you look at some of the truths in the Bible, most of the known world, does uh, Christian world, does not f- actually follow or understand some of the truths in the Bible. You know, Eric, to me, that is actually such an important point. You know, in fact, to me, the thing that frightens me is the number of people who uh, actually aren't spending a lot of time reading the Bible. I, I suppose I make it my, my practice. I, I try to read the Bible through most years. 
Uh, this year for my devotional time, I'm actually, I start at the beginning of the year. Uh, right now, I'm about uh, halfway through Psalms, uh, just having, having read, read that. And you know, to me, this is so important because every time I read it through, there's something that I pick up that I've missed previously. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the things, one of the books, I don't know about what book you, you love, Eric, but you know, there's a couple of books that I really enjoy. I love the book of Proverbs, which you've already quoted from twice already, but you know, I love also the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, of course, Ecclesiastes, uh, it's uh, located right beside, uh, the book of Proverbs. Ecclesiastes is written by, uh, by King Solomon. Now, of course, King Solomon is regarded as the wisest man. God gave him the gift of wisdom, but of course, the trouble is is that he was wise at the beginning of his reign but then he wandered away from God and then towards the end of his life he actually came back to God again and it's when he came back to God that he actually wrote the book Ecclesiastes and he starts off that book by saying vanity of vanities all his vanity and what he then does is he goes through everything that he tried during the time when he had apostatized when he went away from God and you know as I read that book I just sort of thought hey Solomon's giving some power you know he talks about why women and song he talks about uh, work, national works that he became involved in a uh, labor employment he checked he said I checked them all out all of these things I did and then finally in the last two verses he says uh, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter and and he gives a conclusion in the last two verses that is just so powerful and I'm not even going to tell you what it is because I'd love to think that our listeners would actually go and look at the book of Ecclesiastes and particularly the last two verses because that book is really worth reading. It's only, um, I think, at twelve chapters there. That please just go and read it. You know, it's got so it's so relevant for the day and age in which we're living today. And that's what gives me hope, Pastor Gary. That you'd think the Spirit of God would leave out some of these stories where some of the uh, most well-known people in the Bible, some of the most powerful, actually fell down and and fell on their way. You'd think you'd leave that part out and give all the successful things, but it doesn't. It's a it's a grown experience in our life, that each of us, as we accept truth, we keep on growing. I mean, I know that from years ago that what I believed then, I have a different a view on that now yeah. through the study of scriptures and that's an ongoing and I think that what you've said there is so beautiful because you know Eric you know sometimes people think you know hey you know I, you know, I've got it all together what I've learned in my life is hey I don't there are many things that I have yet to learn there are things I have yet to unlearn mm-hmm. uh, you know and yet the more I spend time in the word of God the more I spend time in the scriptures the more I discover what is in fact biblical Truth. One of the biggest challenges I think today is that people are not actually reading uh, the Word of God. Just, just tell me, Eric, if um, if a person hadn't read the Bible uh, before, is there any way you'd recommend them to actually start start reading the Bible? Oh, I'd definitely suggest the Gospels. Okay. To me, uh, the story of Nicodemus and uh, some of the other ones there. I, I truly think that. To, to feel the love of God through uh, some of the miracles that happen, some of the healings, 
who he spent time with. To me, I would start in the Gospels because yeah. you know, I, I, that really reveals who who Christ was. That he came here uh, to show us how how what Christianity was all about. That it, it wasn't a fact of judging the people as the Pharisees and all that did, but it was actually being part of people's lives and changing lives. Christ came to change us all. He came to give us hope and grace and mercy. And the thing that I find as as I grow older in my Christian years is the fact that I still... I still find that, as you do, Pastor Gary, that when you're in a church and you hear the same story again, somebody is preaching, brings up an aspect. I'm I'm in love with it because it's a new aspect, an extra dimension of Christ mm-hmm. that I hadn't seen before, and that's what keeps that dryness out you were talking about. Yeah, it's continually yeah. growing and following the scriptures and learning, and not saying, "Oh well, I've heard that before." You know, sometimes you hear the same story, but you get something different, yeah, and that's what yeah. the Holy Spirit does, doesn't it? He reveals to you and I. I love what you're different. saying there. You know, yeah. Eric, I agree with you so much. I mean, to me, look, if if anyone wants to actually really come to know uh, what the scriptures are all about, to me, I've actually encouraged people. I've said, hey, I actually like the gospel of Luke. Mm-hmm. And then I actually like encourage people to follow on with uh, what I call the gospel of Acts. Now, of course, mm-hmm. Acts isn't actually a gospel, but mm-hmm. uh, it's actually an historical book. But uh, the same author wrote them both. So Luke wrote uh, his gospel, then he continued on and wrote. And I I encourage people to read Luke and Acts, and uh, it's amazing the way people grow when they just read through those those two books. But Eric, look, we need to have a break. Sure. We need to come to uh, to some music. Let's come to uh, to Linda Randall, uh, God on the Mountain. Please, please enjoy. Life is easy. You're up on the mountain And you've got peace of mind Like you've never known But things change When you're down in the valley Don't lose faith For you never
That was Linda Randall, uh, God uh, on the Mountain. A beautiful song is also uh, God in the Valley. Our free gift for you today is this book, uh, God's Truth uh, Can Change Your Life. Uh, this is written by uh, George Knight. I, I love Dr. George Knight. He's uh, He's got such a, a wonderful way with words, and he can explain things so simply. If you would like a copy of uh, God's Truth Can Change Your Life, if you're ser- if you're searching for meaning, if you know a friend who is searching for meaning, if you have a friend possibly who you feel might benefit from this particular book, please feel free uh, to uh, uh, to request this uh, this book. Uh, all you need to do is to text uh, text us here at our studio. That number again is oh four double eight double eight o eight eleven. That number is oh four double eight. Double eight zero eight eleven. Just give us your your name, uh, your address, and your telephone number, and we'll get the book to you uh, by the fastest uh, possible possible means. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with uh, Pastor Gary. Uh, today our co-host is Eric Horn. Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh Day Adventist Church. This week we're discussing are all religions essentially the same? And today we're simply asking, does it really matter what I believe? Eric, please um, bring it together for us. Well, I think at the end of our Bible study tonight, Pastor Gary, I like First John four one. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they're of God. And and here it means to prove as metals are tested in fire. Uh, hence, we we test the word of God to. You know, we, we read it and we put it into our lives. But Second Corinthians thirteen three to five, uh, since you are demanding proof that Christ is speaking through me, he is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. For to be sure he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise we are weak in him. Yet by God's power we will live with him in our dealing with you. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. So what it's talking about here is that we have, we've accepted Jesus into our lives. We have the gospel of Jesus as part of our being. That's what he's saying, that we test that by the fruits of the Spirit, by the way we treat others. What it's saying here is unless we're not in the faith, if we're not showing that outward signs of what's actually inside of us, and that is Jesus Christ. So this is pretty that Christ actually lives. This is the truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to go and to share, but also that we change so that others may see it, unless, of course, we're not in the faith and by our actions we show that we don't follow Christ. Now we're we're not saved by those actions, don't get me wrong, it's not by works, but it's actually the motivation of why we do things in our lives, you know, through Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, I really appreciate that. You know, know, to me, one of the things that uh, I'm just really conscious of is that that Christ continually gave his disciples these, uh, I suppose, warnings. In fact, uh, to me, I've actually had a series of uh, of sermons that I preach entitled um, um, uh, the, The Hard sayings of Jesus Christ, and it concerns the end times. It's called the end times and the hard sayings of Jesus Christ, mm. and one of them uh, actually deals with this uh, this issue of deception, uh, because Christ continually spoke to his disciples about what he called deception. In our day and age, you know, to me, I'm really conscious. You know, we've heard over the recent years a lot about 
fake news, you know, that uh, what's out there is actually not true. People are presenting material that in reality is uh, is just nonsense. Mm. Um, and uh, Christ um, um, in uh, Matthew uh, chapter 7 verse, uh, verse 15 uh, said to his disciples this. This is the Sermon on the Mount. Beware of false prophets. Now, a prophet, of course, is a spokesperson for God who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. Uh, you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears fruit, bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. And so he goes on and explains, you know, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You know, Eric, have you seen much of this in your lifetime? Yes, I have. Um, you know, I've seen um, a lot of deception in the world. I know that um, I know that uh, some of um, uh, who I thought were really strong Christians have lost their way. Uh, mm. I can think of one person who actually embezzled over a hundred thousand dollars out of the church, not here, not in Adelaide, but somewhere yeah, else, yeah. and uh, and it was leading a really good life. But then he, cha- you know, he was deceived. And he got into some trouble, and uh, so he lost his way, which is sad to see. So it can easily happen. Uh, so the devil's very wily. I think another, some other good ones too. Gary says, uh, before you, before you go sure. there, Eric, just yeah. just one thing that I, I'm just so just picking up on what mm. you're just saying there. That you know, to me, this is actually so important. I, I remember one time in uh, uh, in my own ministry, I actually was talking to a fellow because I was aware that he was developing a a, a relationship with a, a lady who wasn't his his wife, and uh, uh, as he was, uh, you know, I was trying to counsel with him, and basically. What he said to me was, Gary, I don't see a problem with this. And he was totally sincere in what he was saying because God has told me that this is fine. In other words, to have an adulterous relationship with somebody who wasn't his his wife, leave his wife and, and kids aside. And he, this statement, when he said it to me, I said, "Are you joking?" You know, he felt he was totally convinced in his own mind. He was very sincere in what he was saying that you know the word of God. That was revealed in the scriptures actually didn't apply to him because he felt the Holy Spirit had told him something else. Yeah, he's been deceived. The thing is, too, I, I know of a case similar to that, and the reason why um, this person had left his wife and hooked up with somebody else, even within a church, yeah. was the fact that he used the story of David and Bathsheba. Yeah. What happened there? They actually got together and omitted the, the fact that David had to confess his sin and it was regarded by God as sin and he was punished by God for his sin. Yes, his son lost his life, you know. And all wow. through that. Well, you know, um, another one, another warning that's given here is uh, for if one comes and preach another Jesus whom we have not preached. So, you know, it, they're actually trying to, um, Back in those days, try to to bring in some extra teachings, if you like, that they're not preaching it. Or you've received a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel from which we you have not accepted. So this is interesting, isn't it? That even back then there was different things, so much happening back then that this was happening. There were different uh, things being preached. Paul was being uh, constantly under attack. Well, Paul, Paul, I remember, spoke about this thing called the Antichrist. You know, in Thessalonians he speaks of the the coming of the Antichrist before the coming. Now, a person can be incredibly uh, sincere in what they're believing, but if in fact uh, they're following the wrong person, 
Mm. Uh, at that point, you've got to turn around and say, "Hey, uh, where actually are they going to going to end up?" You know, I think uh, the scriptures talk about uh, blind guides uh, leading the blind, and of course, blind guides that lead the blind uh, actually don't go anywhere but over a cliff. Mm. And that's why we need to be um, we need to know who Jesus is. We need to have him in our lives. We need to know that our consciences are are uh, influenced by the Holy Spirit when we when we make these decisions. You read out of Second Corinthians eleven. It also says in verse fourteen, um, for, in thirteen it says, "For such men are false prophets, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ, disguising themselves. No wonder, for even Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose ends will be according to their deeds." So it says in saying here, "Be careful. You know, know me, know what I'm saying." Have me living in your life, and the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. It'll protect you from the wolves. And to me, what this is saying, Eric, is that Mm. in the religious world, there are a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing. And uh, unfortunately, we seem to sort of, okay, we we look at the the surface. It's so easy Mm. to look at how a person is actually dressed. Uh, They're dressed in a, a sheep's clothing, uh, a nice suit perhaps, uh, mm. and uh, therefore, well, they must be, you know, they're speaking the words of Christ. They must therefore uh, be leading people to the kingdom of God. Mm. But no, 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 that's not what the New Testament says. It says, oh. no, there's going to be dozens and dozens uh, in this particular category. To me, this is frightening. Yep. And, and the two verses, quickly to finish with, that gives us comfort and yeah, confidence yeah, is First yeah. Corinthians 3.11, for no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid. Jesus Christ. Stand Amen. on Jesus Christ. Yep. And the last one, Ephesians 2.20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the, and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, being the strength of the foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in beautiful. other words, if, if in fact we're going to build our house, mm. our house has to be built on Jesus Christ. That's and, right. and that's a huge message for the world in which we're living today. Eric, would you like to pray for us? Sure. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you tonight humbly, coming to you in prayer. We thank you for a wonderful God who created us, who gave us his word, who came to this earth to show us how to live as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, and one who who gave his life for us. Lord, we thank you for the truths of the Bible, the Bible, the truths that are so dear to us, things that have changed our lives from where we were going, the dark places we were in, the despair and the discomfort. And you brought hope and life and happiness to us, Lord. We pray, Lord, that as we continue in this world with all the things that are happening, we will stay close to you, that our foundation will be Jesus Christ, that he will be our our cornerstone, that on him we stand and him and uh, him and him only we pray lord for those listeners out there today that may be struggling today uh, caught in despair or something's happened in their lives we pray lord that they will turn to you the only source of comfort and strength that there is a god that loves them and is waiting for them today so lord thank you for working in all people's lives and we pray lord that we will learn more and more about you that we will stand solidly on the bible that we will not be deceived but know what is right and wrong through the wonderful truth that you give us thank you lord for the freedom thank you lord for the peace thank you lord for the happiness we pray in jesus name amen, amen. amen. thank you so much eric well folks it does look like our time's up for today 
Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when I'll be sharing with uh, Pastor David Butcher and we'll be asking, aren't all religions essentially the same? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you.